Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Is it really a happy new year? It's not a sad one, is it? Okay, happy new year. That's right. Praise God. We are starting a new series today, a series on prayer, and it's called Let's Pray. And today I want to give you a short introductory message to uh, that. And uh, before we uh, go into that, we want to also uh, to let you know that we are going to do a, a 20-day uh, fasting, prayer, and uh, studying the Word time as a church, as a body. And you can do it on your own, uh, do it at your house. Uh, and I know some of you, um, may not be able to fast totally, which is which is fine. Some of you might not be able to fast food at all, uh, which is fine. Uh, but you can fast uh, dainties. Uh, you can fast uh, desserts. So uh, if, if you if you have on the doctor's orders, which you uh, can't uh, miss a meal or anything like that. Uh, then you can miss eating apple pie. You know, you can't do, do that uh, because the doctor never tell you that you should eat a lot of sweets. So, uh, so we can do that type of fast. You can do a Daniel fast. Uh, that's in the book. Of, you can do a, a, a juice fast. You can do any type of fast that you want to do. Uh, but uh, check with your doctor if you have any medical problems because we don't want any and there are people who, are, who would uh, get sick and who would do their bodies harm. And we're starting this fast next Sunday. Next Sunday. So it gives you a week to prepare yourself and get your mind right for it. Uh, now, some people might have already started. Some people might go for the day. Some people might do whatever you want to do. It's just okay. But as a body, we're going to do 40 uh, for 20 days. Now, also, what we want to do is in that time on the fourth Friday of this month, and that fourth Friday, we want to come and join Pursuing His Presence, and we want to uh, uh, do a time of praise and a time of uh, praying uh, for different things uh, uh, for the body of Christ. Also, on Thursday night, we want to come out and support the prayer team uh, for those Thursdays. I think it's around three Thursdays in that time. Come out and support them and pray. If you, if you can, uh, let's join together and pray because there is nothing like prayer. Uh, so the title of the series is Let's Pray. Now, I want to give you two points today. Uh, There are many points I can give you, and and the series is about five messages, uh, so this is just the first introductory message. Let's pray. Let's pray. Why should we pray? Let's pray because even if you had all the wisdom, all the knowledge, all the understanding, all the things that that, that is found in Proverbs chapter 1, let's turn to Proverbs chapter 1, or you Put it, get on your electronic devices and be on the screen. 
uh, in Proverbs chapter 1, it tells us uh, about the purposes of reading Proverbs, and it tells us that you can gain in verse 2 to know wisdom and knowledge, uh, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction and wise behavior. I mean, you, you get a lot from Proverbs. You really do. You get a lot from Proverbs. And I like to to tell people that, uh, especially teenagers, that you should really just study a, a chapter of Proverbs every single uh, day. And if you study uh, a book of Proverbs, a chapter of Proverbs, then by the end of the of the month, you would have gone through Proverbs. And if you do that several, several, several times, just over and over again, you're going to gain some wisdom and some knowledge. And, and I, I believe not only our young people need that, we need it, don't we? We all need it. Uh, now, now, even if we'd had what Proverbs chapter 1, what Proverbs uh, uh, chapter 2 uh, says, uh, it tells us that uh, in verse 1, my son, if you would receive my words and, and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding, for if you cry for discernment, lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as civil and search for her as hidden treasure, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Even if we did all that, we still need God. We still need God. If you have godly wisdom without God, it doesn't work. It really doesn't work. And I'll show you that as we go on. Let's look at verse 6 in chapter 2. Verse 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who, whose walk is, who walk in integrity. Now, if the Lord gives knowledge, if out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding, if he gives wisdom, then we're not going to get it on our own, are we? It says that he gives it. So no matter how much I read Proverbs, I need God to cause it to be life within me. That's what I want. I want life within me. And the Holy Spirit can cause that to be so because I'm dependent upon him. And you say, well, well, I, I, I understand what you're saying, uh, but I believe that if I just read Proverbs, I just really got God's wisdom in it, I, I have everything I need. Let's go to James chapter 1. Let's go there and look at um, verse 16 and, and see what it says here, 16 and 17. It says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every, every now, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. No, 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 no uh, shifting of, uh, of any shadow. No change in God. So regardless of how much wisdom we have, 
we still need God. We need the God of the Bible, not just the words of the Bible. You remember the Pharisees had the words of the Bible. They, they, they knew what the Bible said, but they didn't understand the God of the Bible, didn't know the God of the Bible, so therefore they couldn't walk the word out. They could only talk the word. And that's what uh, God told, Jesus told uh, the people, said, you know, they, they stand in Moses' seat. So do what they say, but just don't do as they do because they're hypocrites. They talk a good game. They don't walk it out. We don't want to be that type of people. We want to be a type of people that, that yes, we, 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 we tell you what the word says. We can talk it, but we walk it because it's better to walk it than to talk it because people will, they, they will, they will follow and, and look at a message quicker than they will listen to a message. So that's very important. Now, even if we had this type of uh, uh, God's wisdom, we still need God. But you say, well, oh, if I had the highest IQ in the world, every IQ test anybody ever give me, I don't miss a, don't even miss not one question. I have a photo, photostatic, a photographic memory. I can remember everything I read. I can remember everything in math, everything in science. I, I, I don't have any problems with anything because I have the wisdom of the world. Well, let's see what God says about that. Do we, do we need God if we have all that? Yes, we do. Let's look in 1 Corinthians. Let's look there. Chapter 1. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. Let's go there. Let's start there. It says, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debate of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? See, the wisdom of the world is not important. For since the wisdom of God, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom, so there is a world's wisdom, and there is a godly wisdom, did not come to know God. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Now, you know and I know that if you have someone who they don't miss any questions on any test, whether the SAT, ACT, whether it's IQ test, they don't they don't miss anything because they have uh, they they just smart. They have they they just smart. The world looks up to that, but I'm telling you, that is not going to help us. We need God. We need God. Now, let's give you a biblical example of that, uh, of someone who, who, who is that way. And I know you know who it is. Uh, we're talking about Solomon. Now, let's go to First uh, Kings, 
chapter 3, verse 9. Let's go there. Let, let's see what, how Solomon was. So, starting verse 9. So give your servant, this is what Solomon's asking for, because God said, you know, ask anything you want, anything, anything you want, and I'll give it to you. Uh, so give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, to discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? So Solomon was wise. He asked for an understanding heart to judge the people since God had put him as king. It was pleasing to the, in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked for yourself long life, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have you asked for, a, for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself discernment to understand justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. Behold, I have given you a wise and discerning heart so that there has been no one like you before you, nor shall one like you arise after you. Now, how much wisdom did he have? I mean, he had a lot of wisdom. Let's look on in First Kings chapter 4, verse 29. Let's look there and see how much wisdom really did God give him here. In verse 29, it says, Now God gave Solomon wisdom and very great discernment and breath of mind like the sand that is on the seashore. How much wisdom did he have? Now, my goodness gracious. <laughs> Woo! It says, like the sand that is on the seashore. So we're talking about a lot of, of sand, aren't we? So he gave Solomon wisdom. Now, all this wisdom that he gave Solomon, just think about it now. Solomon knew something about everything, didn't he? Everything. He knew about trees. He knew about the birds and the bees. He knew about some of everything. They, they would come from everywhere to just listen to Solomon. For Solomon to tell about Proverbs, or tell, for him to tell about the, the, the things, about his knowledge, everybody was just astounded. Boy, this is a smart man. Has it ever been anybody as smart as Solomon? The word of God says never anybody before him or after him as smart as Solomon. So if Solomon was that smart and knew all those things, plus God gave him wisdom and honor also, uh, gave him uh, riches and honor also, even though he didn't ask for that, God gave it to him. And, and here hit this king, surely if wisdom would do it for us without God, it would, it would have done it for Solomon, wouldn't it? It surely would have done it for Solomon. Now let's look at in, in chapter 11 of 1 Kings, verse 1. It says, Now King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, Hittite women, 
from the nations concerning which the Lord has said to the sons of Israel, you shall not associate with them. Neither shall they associate with you, for they will surely turn your heart away after their gods. Solomon held fast to these in love, nevertheless. So Solomon was disobedient, wasn't he? He also multiplied horses to, to himself also. He just did the things that God had told him not to do. He built, he, he built high places uh, uh, and, and these idols for his, his, his women. And he had, the scripture says, uh, he had, in verse 3, 700 wives, princesses. 700 and 300 concubines. And his wives turned his heart away from God. Do we need God? We can have all the wisdom in the world. We still need God, don't we? Because the only way we're going to be obedient to God is that God turn our heart, transform our heart, and so we'll want to be obedient. We'll want to please him greater than anyone else in this world. It takes, uh, when, we, when we talked about uh, really honoring God, we talked about the fear of God, the, the, the reverence of God. We said that that will cause us, the reverence of God will cause us to be obedient to God. Without the reverence of God, we won't be obedient to God. When we think we know everything and we're so smart, we won't be obedient to God because we think we know more than God. Now, what would, what would cause a man like Solomon with all the wisdom in the world to disobey God? You see... We will disobey if we think we know more than God. That's what, isn't that what Eve did? Satan will say, well, you're surely not going to die. God just doesn't want you to be like he is. He doesn't want you to know uh, good, the difference between good and evil. He doesn't want you to know that. Look at that tree. Look at it. Look at it. Doesn't it look good? The fruit looks good? She says, yeah, yeah, God's trying to hold something back from me. Yeah. Come on, Adam. We're going to eat this thing. We're going to partake of this fruit. When you think you know more than God, we will do what? Sin. I don't care who we are, we're going to sin. We're going to disobey what God has written in his word because we don't honor God like we should. And that's what Solomon did. His wisdom got to his head. And that's not what we want, is it? No, that's not what we want. So regardless of how much world the world's wisdom we have, we want God. We want God to, God, help me. I can't do without you, God. I can't, I can't make it today. If, if, unless you guide me, I'm going to miss it. Because, see, we are living 
in a, in a spiritual world that we can't see. We can't see it. We can see the natural world. We can't see the spiritual world. But the Holy Spirit sees everything, doesn't he? So unless he guides us, we're going to be guided wrong. Because we're going to think we see and know when he sees all the little obstacles that Satan and the traps that Satan is putting up. That's why we pray, lead us not to today, lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Because we don't want to want the enemy to lead us. We want God, God protect me from falling into temptation. We need God. Number two, no matter what kind of wisdom. Number two, I want to get two points. The second point is that we can do nothing apart from God. We need him, but it can't be lip service. It can't be just, I need you, God. I got to have you, God. It has to be a reality in our lives because we know I can do nothing without you. Nothing. Zilch. Let's look at it in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 5. Let's look there. Now, he says, this is Jesus talking. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do, what's the word? Nothing. Nothing. We don't have to look this word up in the Greek to find out what nothing is, do we? We can do nothing. You can take uh, these, this bush here, and uh, by the way, we need two people, two young ladies, middle-aged ladies, whoever ladies, to take each one of these home because otherwise, it's going to go in the dumpster. Uh, it's going to go in the dumpster on Monday, Tuesday. When I get here, it's going to go in the dumpster. Okay? So we give it away every every year. We give give, give one away. And they are, aren't they, aren't they pretty? They are really pretty. Uh, but but you can take one of these things, and uh, I just broke one off, one of the leaves off. He said, I don't want that. He wanted to take a leaf off. You know? <laughs> This one right here, when I took that leaf off, it fell off. Okay? And during the course of uh, the week, some of these leaves fall off. And so Brandon uh, cleans them up and everything like that uh, so that it won't look bad. There might be a leaf in there somewhere uh, that's probably falling off. Yeah, it's falling off. Yeah. And, and, they, and when they fall off, guess what happens to them? Do they flourish and just look so tender and so nice? No, what happens to them? They dry up. 
wither, die. Why? Because they are no longer attached to, as Jesus called, the vine. They have been broken off. And when you, they're broken off, there's no life in them anymore. They, they can't receive the life source from the, the dirt and, and, of course, brand the waters and everything like that. And they can't, see, they can't receive the nutrients uh, that they, they need to flourish. Neither can we if we are not attached to Jesus and Jesus is in us. He has to be in us and we have to be in him and together this life source will keep us fruitful. It'll keep us fruitful. And that's what he's saying here. You can do nothing apart from me. So if you think that you can do something apart from, from Christ, you know as well as I know that that is going to die. It's going to die. Just like when, when, uh, when, when uh, one of the, I have two trees in front of my house. When, when a limb breaks off, you can forget about it. You might as well use it for kindling because it's dead, isn't it? It's going to die. It might not look dead right now, but it's going to die. And sometimes I take my clippers and I whack it off because it, it reaches too far uh, out to the street of the mailbox. And sometimes I hit my head on it trying to cut grass and stuff like that. So I cut it off. And, and when you cut it off, you have automatically said you are going to what? Die. So you might as well use it for the bill of fire, whatever you want to use. He's saying that if you are cut off, you cannot bear fruit. That's what he's saying. Impossible. So we need the Lord, don't we? We can do nothing apart from him. Now, now there is, now you, there is a, 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 a place in the Bible, a person in the Bible, and uh, one of the stories of the Bible that's very good. Let's turn to, to Joshua chapter 9. Let's start in verse 1. And, and there it is a, a very interesting situation here because God has already told uh, Israel, and Joshua was leading now because Moses had died, so Joshua was leading. And, and he said, look, there's going to be some Hittites, going to be some Jebusites, some Ammonites. There's going to be all these people that's going to be in your land. I'm giving you this land. I am giving you this land. So when you come into this land, I want you to wipe out the people that's in your, in your land. Wipe them out. They, they, they're going to be banned totally, so you're going to kill everything living. Everything. That's what I want you to do. Let's pick it up in verse 9, verse 1. Now, it came about when all the kings who, who were beyond the Jordan in the hill country and in the lowland and on the, the coast of the great sea toward Lebanon, the Hittite and the Amorite, the Canaanite, Prezite, the, the, the Hophite, the Jebusites, heard of it, and they gathered themselves together with one accord to fight with Moses and with Israel. When the inhabitants of Gibeon heard that Joshua had done what he had done to Jericho and Ai, they also acted craftily. And they set out as envoys and took without, they took worn out sacks 
in on their donkeys, and wineskins worn out and torn and mended, and worn out and patched sandals on their feet, and worn out clothes on themselves, and all the bread of their provision was dry and had become crumbled. They went to Joshua to the camp of uh, at, at Gilgal and said to him and to the men of Israel, We have come from a far country. Now, therefore, make a covenant with us. The men of Israel said to the uh, Havites, Perhaps you are living within our land. How then shall we make a covenant with you? For they said to Joshua, We are your servants. Then Joshua said to them, Who are you and where do you come from? They said to him, Your servants have come from a very far country because of the fame of your Lord, your God, for he, we have heard the report of him and all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan and to Sihon, king of Heshbon, and to all king of Basham who was at Astro. So our elders and all the inhabitants of, of, of our country spoke to us, saying, Take provisions in your hand for the journey, and go to meet them and say to them, We are your servants. Now then, make a covenant with us. This our bread was warm when we, when we took it uh, for our provisions uh, out of our houses on, on the day that we left to come to you. But now behold, it's dry and, and become crumbled. These wine skins, which, which were filled with new wine, they, they, behold, they were, they were new. You know, they, they were new. They weren't torn. And these clothes of ours and our sandals are worn out because of the very long journey. Do we need the Lord? Now, Joshua's a man of God. How many of us have, have, have parted the Jordan River? How about the, what's the river called over here? How many of us part parted the James River? Nobody? Okay. Joshua had, and God parted the, the Jordan uh, to, to show Israel that his hand was on, on Joshua. Whatever Joshua said, that's what goes. I don't care whether you're Joshua. I don't care whether you're Moses. I don't care who we are. We're going to have to obey the God, the Lord of God. Don't we? Oh, the Lord. We got to obey him. Listen what it says. So the men, this is verse 14. So the men of Israel took some of their provisions. So let's check this thing out. It is crumbly, isn't it? Ooh, my goodness gracious, these things are... Oh, the wineskins, they're kind of old and tattered up. Yeah, they're telling the truth. And did not ask for the counsel of the Lord. What, how much do we do in a day's time if we don't ask for counsel of the Lord? Do we think that we have done things so long, so often that we don't need the counsel of the Lord because, hey, I go this way all the time. 
I do this all the time. I don't need to ask the Lord nothing. That's what Joshua thought. He was walking by what? Sight. He was walking by sight. The men were lying to him, right? They were lying to him. But he didn't know that. Do we know when somebody is lying to us? Do we know when, when, when somebody has an unclean spirit? Do we know the spirit realm? No. But the Holy Spirit knows, and we have to seek counsel. That's why we pray, because we can't do anything apart from God. That's why the title of the series is Let's Pray. Let's pray. Let's ask God for his counsel on this thing. Now, surely we ask God for counsel on, on things that are uh, very um, unsure. Should I take this job? Should I not take this job? What should I do on this thing? Well, see, some things are so obvious that, yes, God's will is for me to take this job because I am getting a $20,000 raise. Why in the world? That's God. It's God. Come on. Is God moved by money? No. 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 So I thank God for people who will, who will seek God and don't be moved by money or position, anything like that, because they, got to, they know the will of God in the Bible. They said, well, if I take this, this right here, I'm not going to be able to walk the word of God out here. I'm not going to be able to do this in here. I'm not going to be able to do that in here. But God will understand because after all, he wants me to prosper. Does he really? Does he want you to be obedient? He wants you to be obedient. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so let me ask you. Can we do anything apart from God? Are we better than Joshua? No. We are not better than Joshua. I have introduced this series, and we're going to add to it next week with a different message, with another message, but uh, it's going to be exalting God. Every single message is going to exalt God. Because who else should we exalt? Should we exalt anybody else? Is anybody else worthy to be exalted? He's the highest, we were singing, right? He's the highest. He's worthy. So we're going to exalt him. Because I think sometimes we don't pray because we don't (sighs) exalt God. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.